What is going on, me gente? Welcome on back. It is, it's been a couple of days, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a couple of days. Welcome. It is Oi and Philly Sports, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we're going to catch up on every single little thing that went down in Philadelphia sports over the past three days. We got Flyers. We got Sixers. We got Eagles. We got Phillies. We even got Union Talk. We're going to talk about We're going to let you guys go on in and get your thoughts as well. Welcome to Oi and Philly Sports. I appreciate everyone checking on it. We got Facebook in the building, YouTube, Twitter, and, of course, TikTok. Hope everyone had a great weekend, obviously, as we saw on TikTok. We had a little fun over the weekend as well. Not all fun and games. Uh, this past weekend was my girlfriend's mom's birthday, so we celebrated mama's birthday. Uh, of course, I want to really give a quick shout-out to everyone um, that gave thoughts and condolences to myself. Uh, if you did not see on Instagram or Twitter, we we did lose a, a, a puppy, a dog, this past weekend. Um, it wasn't my dog per se, but it was my girlfriend's family dog. And I did feel as if it was my dog. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out. Guys, thank you so much for going out of your way and giving me your thoughts. And it wasn't my dog, but I do get it. And I do. And I appreciate the sentiment. Um, it, it, it was definitely tough. But, you know, as always with everything in life, guys, we always try to find a way to find the positives in life. And I think that the important part, especially with dogs, because obviously, like you do know, their lifespans are short, but preparing myself for when i have my own my very own dog not like my mom and dad got me but like the dog that i rescue yes i will be rescuing and i definitely feel very well prepared for that and if anyone has lost a dog or or, or pet over you know past couple of years and, and and understand what it is like definitely throw it in the comment section we'll ask with dog talk dog talk we always we always allow dog talk here on the show for sure but of course we got a lot to get to and i do want to hear from all of you guys as well i will be the link in the comment section a little bit but i want to start what we have to discuss here today i want to hear your thoughts as well because we have a lot of topics that um have been catching the eyes and the attention of a lot of us philly sports fans Luke, what's going on? We see you here on YouTube. I appreciate you. We got EC0313. Uh, I appreciate it. Philly in this bitch. What's happening, my dog? What's feeling? What's popping, brother? What's going on? We got Positive Philly Production. Positive Philly's still kicking. Look at you, man. What's going on, brother? We'll, we'll definitely put in that link in just a little bit as well. But let's get started because we have a lot to get to. We do want to start off with the Sixers because right now, if you are a Philly sports fan, your top priority has to be the Philadelphia 76ers. We are heading into our playoff run. Uh, we got about, what now, it, it is four games left into this season. So down, we're, we're less than five games till the season ends. And this past weekend, we had two back-to-backs here for the Philadelphia 76ers. On Saturday afternoon, uh, the Charlotte Horn, a dominating 144-142. to And how do you guys feel about those afternoon Saturday? I'm a big fan. Hockey's a different story, but basketball, I like my nighttime game. Now, obviously, the Saturday game wasn't a marquee matchup, Charlotte versus Philadelphia, but I would like to see that a little bit later, not at 1230, where a lot of people on the weekends are, are getting their first cup of coffee. But, uh, no, look, we had the three-game losing streak which we all were, let's be honest, a lot of us were panicking just a little bit over the three-game losing streak. When you lose to Phoenix and Milwaukee, okay, but when you lose to the Detroit Pistons, you start you start waving those red flags and start worrying a little bit, and I completely get that. But this weekend, although I don't think it, it was perfect, I do think going forward to try to build momentum, I do think that that was accomplished this past weekend. The, short, the, the Charlotte game. Um you beat up a team you were supposed to. And I know we take that for granted because of what happened against Detroit, but you beat up a team that you were supposed to beat up. The Charlotte Hornets are one of those teams who are a borderline play-in game team. 
you know, this they very well might have to head into the playing round. And that's the type of team that they are. They have made huge strides this year. The offense that that team has, Miles Bridges, the steps that he's taken. Now, LaMelo Ball, I do think he's taken a slight step back from what we saw in his rookie year. But again, you get you got a lot of scorers on that team. They do not have anyone remotely close enough who can possibly slow down Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid again went off, adding to his MVP candidacy. But you had some you had some very solid performances from Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. And to get a 30-point win against this team is definitely building blocks to get that confidence up. And that is definitely something that we we do like to see there. Uh 21 threes. 21 threes were also taken in that game, tying a, a, a franchise record that was set in 2020. And so the spacing was there, ladies and gentlemen. And you, you definitely got that. That's definitely something um, you want to see. But uh, at the end of the day, the Charlotte Hornets could not keep up. And then against and on Sunday against the Cleveland Cavaliers, this is another game the Sixers needed, not because of the win, but you had to close this game out late. Char- uh, Cleveland was for fighting, crawling, and fighting all game long. Five minutes left, they took the lead. And after that, Joel Embiid and the Sixers said, Hold this. We got this. We're going to take this win back to Philly with us. And they did that. You had some clutch shots being made by Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tobias Harris. Harden with a floater. Are you kidding me? Let's it's coming back, man. It's coming back. Uh, but th- this that this was the game that you needed because of the late minute collapses this team has had over the past couple games. And, and, and so this this the Sunday game was another one of those games that helped boost it up the confidence of the Philadelphia 76ers. So overall, uh, the Sixers team is rolling. And for right now, we'll, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Uh, but it feels as if the Sixers are find, starting to slowly find a stride and find their way. But look, the, crit- the criticism and the concerns for this team are very much, uh, they're, they're very much, uh, what we should be, be doing for this team because the late minute uh, collapses. James Harden hasn't looked per se what we've been anticipating. A lot of us have been looking at looking for that Houston James Harden, and we haven't really fully gotten that type of player yet. And the injury talk, we've already talked about that before. Uh, being able to uh, acclimate himself with this team as well has been a challenge for James Harden as well. But at the end of the day, this weekend, you saw two sides of James. On that on Saturday afternoon game, James finished with 12 points, 13 assists. That was the facilitating James Harden, and that is the James Harden that we're not really looking for. Now, he facilitated enough that he got Jay, uh, Joel, I'm sorry, he got Tyrese and Tobias involved, and those guys really took over and had a really great game. That was a game that Tyrese Maxey really needed. He had a couple duds. Um, we're used to him scoring double figures, and those were things that he was not able to do in, in those couple games that we were losing, that three-game losing streak. But when when James Harden is aggressive, like you saw on Sunday, driving to the basket, having attracting the double teams, opening up mismatches throughout the court, whether it be Joel, whether it be Tyrese, whether it be Tobias, and when James Harden is playing at his most aggressive, that is when we're at our best as well. So James needs to continue playing aggressive, especially during the playoffs. I don't know if, in fact, that we were none of us know. None of us know what it is about James Harden. If he's really, truly, honestly waiting to turn it up, as they say, for the playoffs, we don't know if that's the case. And if that is the case, then so be it. I don't agree with it, but hey, do what you got to do. Whatever, whatever you can do, get the dub. And how, how about um, 
<laughs> as I, I see, I see. A, you, listen, Luke, we're we're both on on the mindset here. Both def on the same mindset here. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously, look, they they collapsed in the, late in this game. They could not overcome the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and they they did not, from what I'm, I'm looking, so give me one second here. So at the end of the game, during the press conference, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers head coach, which uh, I, I keep blanking on his name because he's honestly uh, Dave Blatt. Yeah, David Blatt. I remember his David Blatt. <laughs> J.V. Bickerstaff. Thank you so much, Google, for that one. J.V. Bickerstaff went to the podium and was discussing um, how the calls just were not going his way, and he was complaining about the refereeing. And look, at the end of the day, and this is what I'm going to continue telling to the Brooklyn Nets fans. I'm going to continue telling to Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm going to continue telling it to the NBA. If you cannot stop us, you have no choice but to foul us. That is how this game works, ladies and gentlemen. And listen, I get it for Bickerstaff. His young team is heading into playoffs, and he knows his young team is not going to get the calls. Listen, if you're going up against the Sixers, you're going up against the Heat, you're going up against the Celtics or the Bucks. you're not going to get those calls. Those teams have been through it. Those teams have made playoffs after playoffs. You are just tasting the playoffs now this year. But I, I do find it funny the 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 pushback that a lot of players, coaches have towards the Sixers and the foul line. I think it's hilarious to be quite honest with you. You can't stop us. You can bitch and complain all you want about how many times we are going to the line. But the fact of the matter is, you can't stop us, Papa. You can try all you want, but you can't stop us. So you you can complain to your mother with that one, right? Um, Doc Rivers obviously is beginning a lot of criticism, and I'm really so curious to see what he does coming into the playoffs because we know the late the late game collapses. We know the narrative around Game Sevens with Doc Rivers, and we're all preparing ourselves. I feel like a lot of the fan base preparing themselves for um, to get upset to see Doc Rivers blow some of these games. And we'll see what happens. Obviously, today or yesterday, we had the crazy report that uh, from Jake, Jake Fisher. If, in fact, Sixers do always with Doc Rivers, the Lakers and the Jazz would be right there to pick up Doc Rivers. I thought that report was typical NBA, you know, heading into the offseason or getting close to the offseason type of report. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. We talked about it during the game recaps. Doc Rivers is on the hot seat. I just don't see how the way he has been coaching this team, the upset that they suffered last year against the Atlanta Hawks, and some of the mishaps they had this year. And obviously, we have Daryl Morey's boy and James Harden here now. So the clock is ticking on Doc Rivers. And I don't think Daryl Morey's not an idiot. He cannot sit there and watch what is going on on the court and think to himself, yeah, you know what? We'll add some pieces next year, and we'll be all right. No, 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 no. Daryl has to put Doc Rivers on some sort of a warm or hot seat. We can, we, can, we can put lukewarm in there if you want, all right? We can put lukewarm in that. Because some of the issues that we're seeing with the Sixers right now, it is very, very, very concerning. The rotation, although we knew was going to take a hit, we never, ever saw any sort of development of – I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna rattle out the whole nameless. I'm gonna say one player. That is Shake Milton. He. We haven't even seen the development of a Shake Milton. The rotations have been a joke in general. Just his managing of the rotations have been bad. The offenses that have been set up in late game situations. 
honestly, what what is that? What 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 is that offense that you're setting up in late game situations? Just just making James and Joel uh, win an iceable? No, you you got you. That's as an NBA coach, I can't believe that someone would do that. Yo, Joel, go uh, you know, ISO. Let's go home. Let's go. Let's get the what? What? That's not how it works. That's absolutely not how it works. So I do find that intriguing. I do find it funny, and I do find a typical NBA offseason propaganda where uh, you got two random teams who could be parting ways with coaches, and then they throw Doc Rivers into it. I'll be honest with you. If it doesn't work here for Doc Rivers, I think Doc Rivers' best bet is to retire. Collect the checks. Enjoy your off season. Enjoy your your off time. Enjoy hanging out with Seth Curry's uh, son. <laughs> yeah, Seth Curry probably does not want anything to do with Doc Rivers. And this is the problem too. Like, how many players have come out? If it was just one player, if it was just Paul George coming out for uh, talking crap on Doc Rivers, whatever. But you got Doc Rivers. I'm sorry, you got Paul George. You got Terrence Mann. You got Patrick Beverly. You got Big Baby Davis. You got Josh Smith. The list is extensive of the players who have had criticism and gripe over Doc Rivers. So at this point, if it doesn't work out here in Philadelphia, I think it's bye bye for Doc within the league as a whole. Possibly maybe coaching in a different type of league. Maybe go back to college. We see what happens what happens with some of these NBA legendary coaches that go back to college. I'm not saying that Doc is a legend, but he's got some pedigree, right? So, you know, college is definitely an option there, but I do think for Doc Rivers, it is it is not looking so good for, for our man there, man. But um, speaking of which, uh, we, also, we all remember Doc Rivers Saturday uh, going up to Joel and be like, yo, this is your MVP for the ticket. Go get it. And uh, Joel and B said, um, Doc, I, I want to win a chip. MVP's cool, but I want to win a chip. Let's win a chip. You know, I don't need to score 50. I could score 15 and have everyone else score 20 points, and we'll, let's let's win. Let's win, Doc. Let's win. Now, I love that Joel has that mentality because it, hindsight 2020, it is cool winning an MVP. It is so much cooler winning an NBA Finals. Oh, and you know what's even better than winning NBA Finals? Winning the NBA Finals MVP. The fact that Doc, like, and that's another thing where you can't really take that report too much. In, 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 you can't buy. You can't buy that report too much, right? It is a report. But it wouldn't shock me if it was true. And if that's, and listen, if that's the case, I need, that should tell you everything there. But with it comes to this MVP race, I, I honestly do think this is one of the closest MVP races. It'll, it, it'll probably be in a long time. But it has to be Joel Embiid's award to lose and that's the way i look at it when i look at joel Embiid this season he has been the most impactful player on the basketball court from game one till now did Giannis antetekumpo or nikola Jokic go through what joel Embiid had to go through this year from the ben simmons bullshit and for all the nets fans you guys can defend Ben Simmons all you want now. I, I find it hilarious that you guys are defending him after what he's doing to you guys. You guys gave us gripe when we traded him to you, and you still are defending him. And you guys are going to learn very hard because I was you. I was literally you. But regardless, Joel had to deal with that Ben Simmons situation, yet he kept this team afloat. They were This whole season, they've been battling for the top seed. They've been close to the top of the East. And yet, this team has did not fall falter, and a lot of it has to do. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey stepped up huge. A lot of guys stepped up, and thank you to Seth Curry and thank you to Andre Drummond because they were important to it as well. But Joel Embiid carried this basketball team, and let's look at it now. We make the trade, and all this criticism, all these eyes that are on the Sixers with the 
the getting James Harden acclimated, and yet this team is still close. They could very well get the one C. I don't think it's going to happen. We need a lot of things to happen our way. But the fact is, this team has been very competitive throughout the entire season, and a lot of it has to do with Joel Hansenby. The stuff that he does on the basketball court is absolutely ridiculous at the size that he's at, the handles this man carries. The, the, the fact is, Milwaukee and Denver are also much deeper teams, and the Sixers, let's face it, are four deep, are literally four deep, and this team is still competing at the top of the East. So you guys can say whatever it is you want. You guys can make every argument you want. And Giannis and Nicola had great seasons. Giannis is coming on strong now. And Nicola has not been better than Joel, Joel B this year. Watch the tape. And I do also think that we need to define what it is that we're looking for in our most valuable player as well. So I think a lot do need to does does uh, need to happen for those two. But I do think that Joel has this uh, lock. Well, I, we'll see if tonight he's going to continue making his mark. Seven o'clock tip off. So we got about two hours until the start of that game. Sixers versus Pacers. And it's not um it's it's not oh, what's it what was it called? Uh it's not Bankers House Arena anymore. It's grind gr- something bank arena. I forget. But they'll be in Indiana facing off against the Pacers. The Pacers are gonna be without a lot of freaking players, ladies and gentlemen. Um they are they their injury list that Keith Pompey put out, which I probably could look up in two seconds. We just put that we just put that TikTok out there as well. So shouts to everyone who showed love to that. Um, but the list is pretty extensive uh, tonight for the injury list. Excuse me for for the Pacers. So, Miles Turner left foot uh, stretch reaction reaction. I don't know. T.J. Warren, uh, Ricky Rubio, uh, Chris Durate, and we'll miss tonight's game. And then you have Malcolm Brogdon, T.J. McConnell, T.J. McConnell, and Goga Bidazi are questionable for tonight. So. Uh, you, the Pacers are going to be missing a lot of players here tonight for against the Sixers. So I could see the Sixers possibly doing some load management. I don't see James or Joel sitting tonight, but I do see them coming in, playing a half. Uh, depending on the score, they'll probably sit them out. So let's just put these guys away early. Let's get Joel his 30 points quick or 20 points quick, and let's sit these guys and let's let's rest them up, especially I'm more concerned. It's ironic is enough. I didn't think I'd be worried about anyone else's health more than Joel Embiid, but I'm pretty worried about James Harden's health. So I would be definitely looking to uh, resting James Harden uh, as as uh, as these final four games play out. So we shall see. But uh, those are my Sixers points here for today. Uh, if you guys have anything that you guys want to discuss as far as Sixers go, definitely throw that in the comments section. Same thing on TikTok, guys. I just put out the link to come on in in the comment section on YouTube and on Twitter. Make sure you guys copy and paste and come on in here. TikTok, if you guys want to come on in and discuss on Owen Philly Sports, link is in my bio. Come on in here. Let's discuss it. We have the lines open for everyone who wants to come in. Uh, let's see what you guys got here. Let's start off with TikTok here. First off, um, uh, Valzi, we just discussed the doc rumors. Uh, I, I do think that it's not entirely true. Um, I don't see how a team who has watched Doc Rivers now with the Clippers and the Sixers and think to themselves, he can help us get to where we want to go. And for Utah, I, I think the well, for, for, first off, the Utah just needs to go to the play. I think there's a little internal issue right now with the Jazz. But let's play out, and then we'll see. I love Quinn Snyder. He, to me, is a fantastic underrated coach in this league. To have this team continuously at the top of the West year in and year out with the payroll that they have, 
Uh, I think the talent is nice, but I think the West in the West there's some more uh, overall talent and the development of Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Royce O'Neal. Uh, we could throw Gordon Hayward in there as well. I think a lot has to do with Quinn Snyder. And so I think the Utah Jazz would be doing themselves a disservice if they let him go. And if they do let him go, yo, Daryl, call Quinn. Call his ass right now. Okay. So I, I do think it's baloney. I think that Doc is going to retire if he does leave here. What's up, Dominic? What's going on? The Union are the best team in North America. Amen, brother. We're going to talk about the Union in a second. We got a segment coming up for them, so make sure you stay tuned. What is up, Fat Boy SSC? What is happening, my brother? Sixers in four. I hope so, man. I hope so. Baseball lover checking on in. What's up, my guy? Go Cavs. What's up, Philly fan? What's happening? What's happening? Bubba's checking on in. We appreciate you, Bubba. It's been a while. Bubba, what's up, baby? <laughs> opening day soon. What's up, Zach? Dude, I cannot wait for, for opening day, man. I, I cannot wait for opening day. Uh, we have ourselves now three days until opening day. Of course, make sure you guys are subscribed, follow for more Phillies talk. We're going to do some Phillies talk as well here today in just a second. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. But uh, it's it's I'm excited. I'm so excited for. And of course, on Thursday, guys, guys, I'm going to announce it now. Uh, we're going to be doing our DSM preview show for the Phils. We're going to preview the Philly season. You guys checked out the great deadline show that we did uh, for the NBA trade deadline. It's going to come to some of that. So you guys don't want to miss that. We're going to have all as many DSM contributors as possible to preview the Philly season. So make sure you guys are ready. Luke, what is going on, my guy? What's happening, brother? We got Luke in the chat. Uh, positive Philly checking in. We appreciate that. Yeah, man. How about how about bitter staff, man? <laughs> make himself look terrible, brother. Look, make himself look terrible. Uh, yo, what's good, Parcero? What's up, Don Rafael? What's happening? I hope to see you on here in a little bit, brother. What's going on? Wow, we got a Warriors and a Cowboys fan, ladies and gentlemen. What do we say to Cowboys and Warriors fans, Golden State Warriors fans? Um, thoughts on your Warriors? Um, I saw Steph got hurt and he's not playing for a minute. A lot of you got missing a lot of players there. I do like Jordan Poole. I do like some of that young talent you guys have been cultivating. Uh, while you've been sitting out Steph and Clay and Draymond at times, but uh, I don't know. I don't see you guys having enough talent to get uh, to to move on in the West. I like teams like Phoenix. I like teams like Utah. Um, well, not Utah. No, who's I thinking of? Um, I, I I still think Utah is still going to be a solid team. I think Denver, even though they are falling in the seedings as well, are going to be a solid team too. And don't sleep. Don't sleep on the Grizz. Don't sleep on those young Grizz, man. Especially rumors are going around that some players are not feeling him. Uh, Volsey, you have to remind me what we are. You, are you talking about Vol well, Volsey? Thank you so much for chopping back and forth. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about Doc Rivers, yeah, uh, that, that's that's my thing, Volsey. So I don't like to read into rumors. The thing is, is if you heard it from more than one person, that's when I start getting worried. All right, so it's it's definitely a concern for all of us here in Philadelphia. That Bucks game was the last straw for me. And we'll see. We'll see. I, my, for me, the straw gets broken during the playoffs, and we'll see what he does uh, there for sure, man. But it's not, it's not looking good. It is definitely not looking good. Uh, James sounded sick one day. Uh, I did catch a little bit of that uh, of that presser. I mean, not listening. Probably is tired. I mean, back to back games, the travel. I'm sure he's been doing his fair share. Part I thought a little. I think that I hear a little baby was in Cleveland for a concert. Would I hear that right? Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that, man. 
I don't doubt that. All right, let's go back. Oh, let's go backstage now. Let's bring on a, our first guest here. Let's welcome on in Mr. Morgan. What is going on, Morgan? How you feeling here today, my man? Just chilling. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm blessed, brother. I can't complain, my man. Nice. So I have three different teams. Okay. I'm a Cowboys fan, a Warriors fan, and a Yankees fan. Nice, man. Where are you from? Um, I'm from California originally, um, but I live in Oregon now. Okay. So you don't really have any teams out there in Oregon to kind of root for? Except the Seahawks, but I hate the Seahawks. <laughs> Why is that? But why do you hate the Seahawks? I don't know. I just I just grew up a Cowboys fan. Okay, okay. I saw three Super Bowls when I was little, and just were, grew up watching them. You were hooked all right <laughs> off the bat. Man. Yep. I'm 29 <laughs> years old and just nice. chilling. Very yep. nice, my man. So do you, does that, do you watch just the uh, baseball, football, and uh, basketball there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I don't I, watch hockey. I don't have a hockey team. Just. Okay. Yeah. So how do you feel about the Warriors heading into the playoffs, man? I like them. You like them? You like I them think, to go far? I think they'll do good. What's good? What's good in your eyes, man? I don't. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. And listen, more. We like the bus chops or bus balls, as we, like, we say here in Philadelphia, man. I'll be. I'll be one hundred percent honest, as I always am. I personally don't understand the fans in different cities. I think it's because I'm from the northeast part of the United States. We have like this this sort of loyalty, I guess you could say, towards where we are from, like. For me personally, like I couldn't imagine myself being like an example, a Seahawks fan living in this area throughout 2017 and seeing my fellow brothers and sisters from Philadelphia enjoying a Super Bowl. Again, I always say whatever makes you happy. That's the number one thing I always say. If that makes you happy, please, by all means, do that. I personally just don't understand it. But if that generally makes you happy, my man, do it up, my brother and, and represent proud. Don't be. Listen, if you're a Cowboys, Warriors, Yankees fan. You say with pride, I'm a Cowboys, Warriors, Yankees fan. You feel me? I'm no bandwagon, though, honestly. We appreciate that. We appreciate that, Morgan. Hey, listen, Morgan, we're going to get some more people on here, man. But listen, you're always welcome here, my man. First off, I want you to know that. And I hope you enjoy the playoffs, man. All right? All right, Batman. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Morgan. Hey, listen, we welcome all fans. That's what I said. We welcome Cowboys fans. We welcome Celtics. We welcome Penguins. We welcome Red Bull. We welcome Mets fans. As long as we got respect. Welcome at all. We like that fun here, and that's the important part about it. All right. So let's see here. <laughs> Luke, and we'll get to you in a second, Luke. Uh, Dominic, stay tuned. We have the union segment set up. Uh, we're about to get to the bird. So give me two seconds, and then we'll go backstage again and we'll bring some of you guys on here again. Uh, but I want to move on to the Philadelphia Eagles because I think that Howie Roseman broke the internet yet again. And are we truly and honestly surprised? Uh, yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles made yet again another move 
This one is substantial, and this is net back to the narrative that we are looking ahead at the future because we are building this bad boy up. So how he traded with the New Orleans Saints, the Saints are going to get the number 16th pick that the Philadelphia Eagles had, along with the 19th overall pick this season that the Eagles had, and the 194th pick in this year's upcoming draft. In return, the Eagles are getting the number 18th pick in this year's draft with the 101 and the 237th pick in this year's draft. And, oh, by the way, here's the kicker. You got two picks for the future, a 2023 first-round draft pick, a 2024 second-round draft pick. And the number one reaction I had was how did the NFL allow this to happen? And number two, I go on social media and I see people upset over how he's making this move. How the fuck can you watch the Eagles and sit here and be upset over this trade right here. How can you be upset about this trade right here? Oh, but Parcero, Howie Roseman doesn't know how to draft. Why can't you just give him a more first-round draft pick? He literally traded one first-round draft pick if you look at this closely. This makes no sense that anyone could be upset over this trade right here. This, number one, we essentially traded away one first-round draft picks for two future picks. Two future picks. Guys, I know we lack patience. I know we want to win right now. I know we just made the playoffs, and the anticipation is this year you got to go farther in the playoffs. But, guys, what do you want to do? Do you want to make the playoffs? If you want to be the Baltimore Ravens, make the playoffs every single year to get bounced in the first round and not have a chance. Or you guys want to win championships. You want to create some sort of a dynasty. Now, dynasty is tough to obtain. E even in the NFL, that's probably the hardest league to create a dynasty in. But having the chance, being able to compete, those the, the, the 2017 through 2019, that was a hell of a lot of fun. That really was. But I think we could do more than what we did in that little era of Eagles football. And I think a lot of people are looking or are, 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 are just – looking at the future and thinking we're or looking at this year, I should say, not just not the future. They're looking at 2022, the 2020 season, thinking to themselves, we're not going to be that good. And we very well, well might not. I think we'll get around nine wins again, eight to nine wins. I think that's, that's, that's substantial right there. But this to me is a move that makes sense not only for now, but for the future. The players, we're, we need to draft dogs. That's obvious. But this is, to me, was a fantastic trade. And the whole th narrative that Howie Roseman does not know how to draft. I, I, I get that. I've been extremely critical over his drafts in the past. However, though, to me, if we're going to move forward, and this is not just for, for sports, this is just life in general. If you're going to move forward, let's just say you decide to, to accept your girlfriend who has cheated on you once. If you're going to move forward in a relationship with her, if you decide to do that, kudos to you. You have to move on from that. You can't always bring up the fact that she cheated on you. You got to move on. And the same thing here. You can't just dwell on the fact that Howie Roseman drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson or J.J. Arthaco Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf. Yes, I went there. We need to move on. And oh, by the way, his 2021 draft class was pretty solid. You got a star wide receiver, you got a star guard, and you got some guys who showed some potential. Kenny Gainwell, Milton Williams. The jury's still out on Taron Jackson and and, and uh, Zach McPherson, but that was a solid draft class. And so now with this year, hopefully he sticks to the same game plan 
And I thought his game plan last year was solid. He, he went with high IQ football players. Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, high IQ football players. Go with that again. Listen, Howie, stop trying to reinvent the wheel. You're not good enough to find diamonds in the rough out in the Pac-12. We, we just know that. Go to the SEC. You know you're, what you're going to get from an SEC player. If you get a guy from an Alabama, a Georgia, an Auburn, a Florida, you know you're going to get yourself an NFL-ready prospect. So stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Now, I do think, and this is where I disagree with a lot of Eagles fans, I do think that the Eagles are thinking about the future at the quarterback position by making a move like this. I don't think they're fully sold on Jalen Hurts. They are willing to give him an opportunity, especially this year, but I don't think that going forward for the next four or five years, they are thinking of Jalen Hurts as their franchise quarterback. So by being able to do this, you get yourself some insurance. If Jalen's not the guy and, he, and it's clear as day, he's not the guy this season, heck, you just got another first-round draft pick, and you can still get more. And so you're setting yourself up, and if Jalen is the guy, I hope so. I pray to the Lord that he's the guy because then we can build a fucking monster. We let's build monster. Let's build the literal monsters of the NFL. Uh, this to me, this trade, by all means, was highway robbery. I don't know how the NFL ex allowed this deal to go down. And if you're an Eagles fan, and you don't like this. Come here. Let me slap you because you need some common sense slapped into you. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! What are we doing? What are we doing here? Oh my God. Um, one other thing I, I, that I keep hearing, and I, and, I, and I am going to look into this leading up to draft day, the possibility of the Eagles moving up to the top 10. I've heard this talk already. Um, I've heard the reports countless of times. And I do think that there are two guys that the Eagles are looking very closely at, and that's uh, Gardner and Tell, uh, the defensive from Oregon and the cornerback from Cincinnati. And I think that if those guys fall, I could see how we moving up to try to get in those guys. I personally, I don't want to. I see the the impact that both of those players have, but I want to keep these picks. I do. I just want multiple. I want to draft multiple dogs. And I do understand that a Gardner, a Sauce Gardner, or a Thibodeau could be an impactful player, young players that could shape your team. But I want to go. I want to get multiple players, and that is kind of where I'm at with that movement. So I think how he's doing, I think how he's doing a great job. I love what he is doing and we are going to continue building this for the future. And I guarantee you guys, let's say four years from now, four years to this date. So in 2026, I think we are going to be extremely, extremely excited in the city about the Philadelphia Eagles. So it sh we shall see what happens. It should be a lot of freaking fun. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, kind of, kind of checking the chat. We'll, we'll talk about that soon, brother. <laughs> I appreciate that, Morgan. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Much love to you, brother. Much love to you. Um, Gazdak, MLS MVP, straight up facts, man. Straight up facts. Ted is all ready for Phillies baseball. Look at him. Phillies World Series. We love to see it, man. We love to see it. Ted, we call them fraud fans if they're from Philly. Yeah, Ted, obviously we we call that, but man, listen, I'm not going to kill someone for wanting to be a Cowboys fan. I'll bust their balls, that's for sure, but I'm not going to kill them for being a Cowboys fan. What are we supposed to do? What are we we're supposed to get them to become Eagles fans? Can't do that. 
Uh, Jazz trying to demonstrate it to Sixers. <laughs> we could only wish, man. We could only wish, man. Uh, Zach, if you want to come in, uh, literally click on my profile. That little YouTube icon, just make, click on that, and it'll send you right to my YouTube channel. I got my IG, got my YouTube. I have my, I have my link tree in the bio as well if you want to come in through there. But you can come on in. We I will put in the link again. We got some people backstage that we're get, and you can be the, the third guy up if you want, Zach. We're going to put that in there right now. The link is in there again. Uh, what's up, Soccer Tim? How you feeling, brother? What's going on? All right, let's go backstage again, ladies and gentlemen, and let's bring on our guy, Luke. Luke is cracking. Welcome to Wayne Philly Sports, brother. How you feeling? Doing doing good. How we been, Luke? How we been, brother? Good. Can't wait for Saturday because I get to go to my final cracking game of the first season. That's sick, dude. That's sick, man. You enjoy, it's, man. I, it's it, it hasn't been butterflies and rainbows out there either, huh? Nah. I mean... Since we got rid of some players, I mean, kind of up and down. It's like a roller coaster, you know? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Especially with the Flyers, man. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, how about how about these people right here? How about the six? Dude, that is a fresh. Is that a snapback? Oh, yeah. Dude, that's a fresh hat, dude. Mitchell Ness, Mitchell Ness makes those? Holy crap. That's yeah. fresh. I like that, and, man. Uh, I got Harden's signature right here. Dude, that's sick, dude. I like that. Look at that. Fresh as hell, man. Yes, we, sir. We say sheesh. Look at that, man. But um, So I think that see, let's – well, let's start with the Seahawks talk. I, yeah, think that's, I think that Seattle has to get, like, a quarterback because the trouble we had at quarterback – Russell Wilson. Thank you, Russ. Anyway, um Russell Wilson. Uh and all we get is a guy that can't even put on a mask to save his life. <laughs> um Is that your locker talking about? Yes. <laughs> um I think that at number nine it would be smart to draft a quarterback. And so yeah. Yeah, listen, obviously you guys don't have the quarterback for the future. And it's kind of interesting because I, I do feel we're a little bit in a similar boat as the Eagles go. I do think we're a little bit more optimistic and have a little bit more. Um, we feel we feel a little bit better with Jalen Hurts than you guys do with, with Drew Locke. I think what's important for teams in our situations is that you continue building a team. I think a lot of the issues with the quarterback position over the past couple of years in the league has been that We've been always trained when we watch this sport to obsess over the quarterback position because you look at who's who's playing in Super Bowls, right? You you look at a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Flacco. Well, I probably shouldn't say Joe Flacco, right? But you get my <laughs> picture. Like the the top quarterbacks, or you have to have a quarterback playing at an elite level at that time to make it to the Super Bowl, and that was true. But I think things are changing up a little bit where people teams are prioritizing building teams out more than finding that quarterback. And it's it's working. I think that what you've seen from the Bucks and the Rams, both of those teams built their team up first, and then they went out and invested heavily into the quarterback position. The Bucks and the Rams, if they lose those quarterbacks, they're really screwed. Like they're straight up screwed for a couple of years because all the assets and the money they have given up for those positions. But um, I think for the Seahawks, it's important for you guys to just continue building out this team. Now, if you guys feel as if Malik Willis, 
Kenny Pickett or those guys, then pull the trigger. But I do think you guys have bright minds in that front office that will make the right decisions. Obviously, you guys found a franchise quarterback in the third round in 2012. I trust your guys' intuitions when it comes to quarterback selecting. If they feel as if one of those guys are going to be the or one of those dudes, they will pull the trigger at that at that position, man. Yeah, that was last week was a pain for me because Bobby Wagner to the Rams. That's got hurt, man. Yeah, yeah it's definitely hurts, brother. But so definitely hurts, but, man. Hey, listen, we just sent Justin Braun to the New York Rangers. Now we got to watch him win over there, but he obviously not as impactful there. Logan rubbing it into Lucas Kraken right now. He just bought his Broncos Russell Wilson jersey. Logan, that was uh that 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 hurts, man. That hurts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Luke, you, Logan? You, you you do have to root for Russell, right? I mean, you guys aren't going to be good, but uh, from what it seems like. Yeah, but um Let's hope to get a win on Saturday for the Kraken. Let's yes, hope. And so, yeah. I'll, depending on if I'm not in school or whatnot, I might be on the next episode. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking we're, we're going to continue doing these. If I if my schedule gets too clogged up uh, to catch everybody up and obviously like to hang out with y'all, so we'll, yeah. we'll definitely be trying to do more of these for sure, my man. But Much, keep, keep an eye out for those game recaps still, man. Much love, bro. I appreciate that. Lucas Kraken, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. And it's, yeah, it is interesting. Obviously, we, we I, I mean, I didn't think that the Seahawks would be in this position uh, maybe before the last season. I think I actually predicted the Seahawks to win a division, which was probably bad on my part, but that's the nature of the NFL, man. It's not for long, right? Not for long. That's the truth. That's a true statement. And for the Seahawks, they got to get back to the top, man. They have to get back there. Uh, we got Kataha in the chat. We appreciate that. Wait, what do we got here? Um, love love your optimism every day. No matter what's happening, you're always positive. Best part. Thank you so much, Kata. I appreciate that, my man. Um, Kata, so I, so me personally, I, I definitely feel like my mindset has changed up just a tad bit. I always look at everything in life with, some, with optimism, but we have to be real as well. I'm not going to sit here and tell myself, that the Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup next year. I don't really believe that. I don't think that the Flyers have what it takes right now in the front office to turn that around so rapidly. A lot of things have happened. I'd love City won a, 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 a Premier League title, so I think it could really happen. But I look at things with optimism, but then I, I always put that real filter in front of me. If, if it doesn't make sense, then you got to tell yourself that. You just have to. And this, with the Sixers, it's been the most difficult with me because even last year, I really thought that Ben Simmons would turn it around. I really thought that Ben Simmons would wise up. What happened over the next 9 to 12 months would have never anticipated it to happen. Never. I would never thought that that would have happened with Ben Simmons. I never thought that he would stoop so low to be that type of dude. And it is crazy to see where we're at, man. But I appreciate that, God. I appreciate that, man. And this year, I don't know what to think with the Sixers. I don't want to sit here and say that James Harden is washed up. He definitely doesn't seem, he definitely seems like he's taking his game down a notch. That's for sure. Um, but I really don't want to believe he's washed because you know what that means, guys? We're fucked. We're back to, we're back to the beginning of the year. Probably even a worse spot at the beginning of the year because at least at the beginning of the year, you had Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. You had some solid role pieces. And now you, if you lose Harden, you will be extremely thin. Obviously, we're all hoping to part ways with, to buy his contract as well. Sheesh. Kata, I'm buying a stock jersey as soon as I get his number. 
Let's go. We'll definitely we're about to get to uh, the Bryson. We'll, we'll talk about, you know what? We'll, we'll talk about the Phillies next for sure, man, because I'm excited about the Phils. Uh, now you have to deal with Drew Lyons. <laughs> That's rough, man. Malik um, Will is going to be selected at number nine. We shall see, man. We shall see. Can see what you think of uh, Malik Willis there? Uh, what's up, Juan? We got Juan in the chat. What's going on? Mike's checking on in. He's uh giving us his love for his New York sports. Um, what is, oh Thursday opening day? Absolutely, man. We're excited for opening day. Uh, Mike. Uh, I hope Jake Jacob Debrom has a quick recovery. We all know that TikTok likes to twist our words, but it's all good. We do hope that they, Jacob Debrom has a speedy recovery. But again, I am excited that I'm not going to have to face a golf against him because he is a deadly, deadly pitcher. But thank you so much, Mike, for checking on it. Uh, Mike, we'll definitely go ahead to some Phillies games. Um, I'm not the Philly sports guy. I don't have the budget the Philly sports guy has. Uh, but we'll definitely attend to some. Um, and once the summer gets warmer, we'll be down in Chester more often as well. Um, summer's Chester's more in my place. But uh, I obviously love Citizens Bank Park for sure, man. Who, how can you not like Citizens Bank Park? That's just fucking weird. Fucking weird. All right. Well, uh, let's or let's get to Philly talk real quick, guys, and we'll go backstage again. And a reminder, this link is in the chat right now, so you guys can come on in and check that out. So make sure y'all come on in, and let's talk some Philly, Philly sports. All right, let's talk about the, the Phils. Um, obviously, we are leading up to uh, opening day here for the Philadelphia Phillies, and the excitement for these guys, it is so real, ladies and gentlemen. I can't tell you how excited I am to watch this team play. Um, they have literally changed the narrative of this baseball team in the midst of an offseason. Middleton, please spend the money. Get Bryce Harper some help. And we finally have been able to do that with the batting order. I mean, just the countless, like the the, the combinations, the, the options in this batting lineup are freaking ridiculous. But I do think that the lineup is starting to catch some shit catch shape and as i anticipated i do think schwarz will bat lead off i do think gene segura will be your second uh, hole hitter with bryce harper af after that then from four to four to six you could throw, toss it up in different ways i think i would go castellanos hoskins and then jt real muto but you could do a multitude of different things and then to round out the the starting lineup obviously a lot has to do with who we're starting in center field who we're starting at shortstop and who we're third base i think for opening day what should be done is you have to start mickey moniac at center field to start off with what i don't want to happen is for another prospect to not have a set role yet again you did the same crap with scott kingery he did the same crap with spencer howard and look what happened to both of those prospects bring up mickey moniac Keep his ass in center field. If he does not perform, you got Matt Beerling on here as well, where you can put him out there in center field. I think that is what needs to be done. And I definitely do see Mickey Moniak um, hitting in that in that eight roll with with uh, Didi Gregorius starting at shortstop at that seven hole. And I do think Alec Bohm will start off in, at third at, at third base. I don't want to see that. I personally would like to see Stott and Bohm. Um, but I just don't see Joe Girardi parting ways with his buddy, Didi Gregorius. Joe loves Didi, guys. Ever since his Yankees. Ask your Yankees fan. If you, got, if you got a Yankees friend, ask him about his love with Didi Gregorius. Then he will tell you exactly his love for Didi Gregorius. I don't see him not getting set to start off the season. Now, if he struggles, the, uh, Joe's got to put away his love for Didi, and, and he's got to make a tough decision. 
But I, I do think that bottom, that that final, the, the roundout for this batting order, I think it will be Didi, I think it will be Mickey, and I think it will be Alec Bohm to round out this this lineup. But regardless, dude, from one through six, you got enough firepower that it doesn't even matter who's batting in those final three spots. I'm tell, I'm being dead-ass serious. Now, the pitching is the concern with this team. Um, defense in general is just a concern with this team. And you got we have to hope that these bats are hot for most nights because wheels will be fine. Wheels, wheels will probably start on the fifth day. Obviously, he's coming from his bum shoulder, and he's getting himself ready. Uh, I, I, Aaron Ole will be starting on opening day against Oakland. Uh, and then I, I, I'm not per se concerned about Ranger, but I'm a little I'm questioning how in shape he is. And then you obviously have Kyle Gibson, Kenny bounce back from last year. And can Zach Eflin stay healthy? That's really the question mark right there. Obviously, I don't have any question marks with Zach Wheeler, but <coughs> excuse me, there are some question marks with the starting rotation. Now, the bullpen, another question mark here for the Phillies. Uh, what exactly are we going to get from this bullpen? Can it take another step in the right direction? I think that it's a solid bullpen. I, I, I don't think it's improved dramatically where um, you can rely on your bullpen to hold a, a three nothing lead for an example but Corey Kniebel which I think will be starting off as the the closing man you got Brad Hand with that nice lefty Jerry's Familia and for me Familia can he be the Hector Neres can he be the setup guy I think that he can in this situation I don't I do not want to see him closing um, but for all the Mets fans they obviously know Jerry's Familia very well. They know the inconsistencies of Jerry's Familia. So in this rotation, in this bullpen, can he be that set of guy? And I think that that could be a very well, um, that could be a role that he he can perform very well on a night-to-night basis. And I think Sir Anthony Dominguez can do that role as well. I think Sir Anthony Dominguez is going to be um, one of the keys for the Phillies this year. Obviously, he's been battling injuries over the past couple of years. And he's been looking really good in camp, not only with his performances, but his body. He is in the best shape of his career. He's obviously been battling injuries, but I've been I, I think he's gonna have a great year for the Phillies. He's gonna be a um he's gonna be an underrated key tool for the Phillies, especially in the bullpen. Uh Bailey Falter, Nick Nelson. I think Christopher Sanchez is also gonna have a good season. I think a lot of people have been keeping him under the radar as well, but I really think. He's been looking good in spring training, and I really am excited to see Christopher Sanchez getting consistent bullpen runs with this baseball team. James Norwood, Jose Alvarado back yet again. Can Jose command the strike zone? That is really the question mark for him. Damian Jones and Ryan Sharif. Um, glad to see no more Chase Anderson. <laughs> glad to see no more Matty Moore. Uh, who else am I? There? Glad. To, listen, I, I loved Arch, Arch. Archie Bradley meant very well. Um, but yeah, he's, he's cooked. I, I think he's just cooked flat up. Uh, now Connor, um, Sam Coonrod and Connor Brogdon will be back. They should be back into this uh, bullpen. They've been battling their fair share of injuries. Um, and I do think that they will be back heading into next year, but, uh, defense general is a question mark. Obviously we know our concerns with the pitching, but I do think that the fact that your left side of your infield is, is questionable. With DD and, and Alec Bohm. Now, if you put Bryson Stott, that's a different story. And and I, I, I too would love to see him start uh early on in the season, but 
I just think that the way Joe Girardi's wired, it's kind of similar to Doc Rivers in the fact that both Doc and Joe were enamored and married to a lot of veteran players. And I think that's kind of their their downfall as well. But we'll definitely be talking about the Phillies as we get closer to to opening day. I'm just so excited. We had a Kyle Schwarber bomb here today yet again um, in, in the final spring training game for the Philadelphia Phillies. Man, oh man, this this spring training, man, it went it went by way, way, way too quickly, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, today, the Phillies beat the Pittsburgh Pirates five to one to end spring training, and they will be back here, Citizens Bank Park. And I think they have, I think they have, well, they had one more, but not that could be wrong, could be wrong. I'll have to double check. Actually, we can check right here real quick. We have one more in Tampa or wherever Tampa is playing. That's a 12.35 tomorrow, but they are done in clear water after today. And then they'll be back here in Philadelphia getting ready for the season, Oakland A's, um, this upcoming Friday. So it's, it's listen, we're, we're here. We're here at the baseball season. We'll be doing Phillies game recaps, along with Sixers game recaps, along with the final Flyers game recap, along with Union match recaps as well. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, a lot of a lot of comments. I like it, man. I like it. Uh, James is just coasting to the playoffs. That could be a very good point, Kata. Um, I really listen. Me personally, I'm just banking and really hoping that that James Harden is just waiting for the playoffs. Because if not, we have some serious issues here, guys. We really do. Uh, Willis had two to the Lions. They've liked him for a while. That's just too high for Malik Willis, though. The Lions can go very very much in different ways. Um, obviously, we do that. Dan Campbell liked the big uglies, and he did that last year. Um, but uh, curious to see what what he does this year, man. I got a hey, shout shouts to Katahari. Absolutely, man. We'll definitely keep in touch. I appreciate that, brother. Uh, we do our shows on Friday and Saturday nights. Morgan, drop the show link in the comments section so we can get some people to show some love, my brother. Definitely, man. We'll definitely we'll, we'll definitely show some support, Morgan. I agree with you 100%. They don't start boom at the beginning of the year. He may be done. Um, I, I, I listen. I do think that you got to start boom. You got to see what you have, and at that point, you got to send him back down to AAA if he's if he's not ready. I think that's just what you have to do. You can't keep tinkering with these with these prospects. Uh, when it comes to boom, when it comes to Mickey Moniak, I think that it's imperative that we don't screw their development. Um, obviously, Mick has really had a great spring training, probably player of spring training. And so I do think that you got to keep that in mind, guys. I'll, I know a lot of us are tired of Alec Boehm, and I understand that, but we have to keep this in mind. So I think maybe X factor here, if he's truly back, he may be closer very soon. Yes, absolutely, God. I agree with you, man. He's going to have a big year for the Phillies, brother. That's a blast. Ah, thank you so much, man. Luke, you're always welcome, my brother. Always welcome. Excited for the Phillies offense, dude. Runs galore. Uh, I heard Matt Gelp, um, a writer, I think, for the Philadelphia Inquirer, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I heard they're fixing, they're working on fixing the Liberty Bell at Citizens Bank Park, if you guys remember, especially during the Golden Era Phillies baseball. We're talking the World Series years. They had that Liberty Bell after home runs. It would go back and forth and light up, and it's kind of been semi-working. It works when it wants, I guess. Um, but it'd be nice to have that fixed because that's kind of like a one of those trademark things in Citizens Bank Park. So let's hope we get that fixed, man. Absolutely. I don't want to ignore TikTok. What's going on, TikTok? Uh, let's see here. 
Awesome stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it. I appreciate all the comments here, Mike. I appreciate it. Um, Matty Bear checking on in. I'm going to the Phillies game with KJ on the 22nd. Have fun, man. I guess that's April 22nd. Very nice. Uh, Mike, I'm going to PNC Park in September. Everyone drop in their games they're going to. We love it. We love it. You enjoy it out there? I would love to go to PNC Park. I actually enjoy Pittsburgh. I think it's an underrated city in America. So enjoy it, man. He's going to see the Mets versus Pirates. Very cool. Uh, Mike, Bryce Harper torched the Mets last year and did so, and so did Schwarber and with the Nats. And so did, I guess you're saying JT. Um, Mike, I'll tell you is Bryce kind of torched everybody in the league, uh, except for Atlanta. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, he, he's just, he was just on fire last year. He was in the zone, as we saw, as he won the MVP last year. So, yeah, man, that's just kind of what he does, man. Uh, JT Real Muto, two year ahead is up. Uh, Torch does. He loves. Yeah, he loves. Listen, Joe Girardi loves himself some Didi Gregory. Is only what reason why he got the contract that he got. Um, and yeah, it's it's it just is what it is, man. Uh, Bryson Stott did get called up, Mike, but Bryson Stott starting on opening day is not. It's not secured. It's not secured. He did. We did not secure the bag on that one yet. So, uh, we got to wait and see. Uh, nice, good for him. He deserved it. Yo, what's up, T Bone? What's happening, brother? Uh, user four three nine four four eight one zero one nine 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 nine. Thanks for the follow. I appreciate that. Welcome to the family. What's up, Callie? What's going on? What's happening? Uh, JT Bryce and Schwarber with the Nationals torched the Mets last year, man. Hey, dude, listen. Second half of the year for the Mets, a lot of people were torturing them. I must say. All right, let's go backstage yet again, guys, and let's bring on our man Eats Meyer. Welcome on in Sports. How you feeling, brother? I'm doing pretty good. I got a little interesting rumor going around around Flyers camp. Also, what do you got? What do you got for us? What I'm hearing, especially I've been reading from the reports, is that they're going to plan to drop JBR's contract. Either they're going to buy him out or they're going to try to trade him. Right as the um, playoff ends. That's what they're planning on doing to get rid of his contract. I think they're going to try to trade first, then buy out. That's the most likely route I think they're going to do. He has put up 30 points this season so far. He's like late fourth overall for the Flyers. So I think that's pretty – I think that's the route they're going to go. He does – I know there's going to be some stat head that says, oh, look, he scores like about 70% of his games. He gets a point out of it. So he's like – so I think someone might bite on it. So that would be the hopeful thing. And then I'm re- – then we're going to have the fit flyer, not the flyers, the Eagles this year. Like, ooh, I know how he's not done. I'm going to agree with you. I predict he's going to make one trade up. And he might make a trade down to save cap space. And I okay. think it's the two people you said earlier. Um, Amit Garner and uh, Drake London. Oh, you think Drake London? Yeah, because he won. Okay. I think because he how he's not done with the wide receivers. There's two wide receivers that I know he's been spending a lot of time with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, well, Amit Goddard is in uh, down in South Philly right now. They just yes. they're like sports science saying, saying that. I was reading that right. Yes. The other guy was Christian Watson. He's another six foot five, but he had a phenomenal forty. I think it was like what a two four a two uh, four two eight or something. Okay. Around there is pretty fast, but he's a second round pick. 
but I think that's the two likely scenarios. I think it's going to happen. But I'm not going to be surprised with seeing what Howie does in the first round. He might trade it, take both picks, and try to trade them up to acquire uh, Garner in London. Okay. Okay. But t- well, I sent you that um th- one for the actually one where they trade down and we get a pro bowler interested in the private comments. I think it was like okay. 32nd, next year's first. Yeah, I've heard some talk with Yeah, like 22nd. Well. No, it was like a next year's second and fourth. And I think another fourth for 2024. Plus um, their pro bowler, Jonah Jackson, what Detroit would get was the 18th and Andre Diller. I'm, I'm willing to let go of Diller. So if it's like, good, we get a pro bowler on a rookie contract, I would take that deal. Yeah, some interesting stuff. I, I, on your first point with JVR, I do think they'll buy him out. Um, they have been trying for the longest of times to trade JVR. I remember the Seattle Express, they were trying diligently to have them select JVR and move some move some pieces. Maybe we give Vladimir Tarasenko. I think Jakob was thrown in that as well, possibly. And they couldn't get it done. They've been trying in the offseason. I'm sure they tried at the deadline. It's just that contract. It's kind of like Tobias. Like I do think JVR could help uh, like a, a like a playoff team. Like he could be a solid third line left winger, but I, I just don't think with that price tag, it's just worth it. And so I, I think at this point, what's best for both parties is for JVR to go his separate ways in the in a buyout, um, and for them to get that money and and, and allocate in other places. Uh, it's interesting. We're gonna get to the Flyers uh, talk here in a second. Um, as we were talking about this, this the games happened this past weekend. Uh, but to your Eagles point, I, I do think a move is going to be done before the draft. I think that Howie's looking at wide receiver, some veteran wide receiver help. We went last year with an inexperienced wide receiving room when you had uh, Devontae, Quez, and, and, and Jalen Rager with J.J. Arthika Whiteside and Greg Ward. And it it was nice, but I think that for this year, for, for guys like Quez and guys like Devontae take that next step, I think it would be better to get a veteran wide wide receiver. And I think that how he's going to try to see if he can get himself a veteran guy. I think if it is one move more trade for the trade before the draft app, I think it is for how to get, uh, get himself a veteran guy trading up in the NFL draft. It's tough because it is a gamble. It is certainly a gamble. Now, although I saw Gardner and I do like Thibodeau um, being, you have to give up some assets you already have. For some of these, uh, for to get yourself one of those prospects, and I, and I and I think that it is a little risky. Like, remember, we saw some good players within the teens. Like Brandon Graham was a 13th overall pick, if if I'm not mistaken. And so you can still get some some talent that can help going forward in the future. But I think for this team, it's best suited to draft a bunch of different pieces that could help them out. Yeah, I was going to agree with that, but with JVR, I think it's going to be like that 50% retained. So it'll be like 3.5 mil. That we'll hold on to, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, so like our, someone would just bite on that easier in the off season because cap's going to go up. But, That's uh, why I don't think Ian. This like I don't think this Flyers team's going to be per se a rebuild because you still have contracts like Kevin Hayes, um, of Avon Prof, Rasmus Ristolainen is still on the on the book. Um, uh, what am I blanking on? Um, TK, you have a lot of contracts. Carter Hart, a lot of contracts. Uh, that are. 
long term. So I don't think this is going to be like a, a traditional rebuild. I think it's going to be some sort of a retool. And I think they're going to find some younger pieces. Um, one point I was going to make was I think for this Flyers team, the model, the blueprint for this rebuild has to be the New York Rangers. I think what you saw, what they've done since 2018 is something the Flyers could replicate. They got rid of what was like 19 players on that roster. And on the midst of great move after great move and stockpiling young talent after young talent, having number one overall pick, and then signing an Artemi Panarin, you see what's going on now. And they're in a spot now where they're competing. They're going to compete for, I don't think they'll get there, but they're going to compete for Stanley Cup final this year. And so I think that for the Flyers, you have some pieces here. You got, I think you got to build it like that. Yeah, right. And I think they got to find themselves in Artemi Panarin signing. Is that Johnny Hockey? We'll see, but I think that's, that's what, Well, the thing with Johnny Hockey is he's a massive Flyers fan. And he's yes, going to be a free agent this year. So that will be a trick to see. That's why I think they're going to do everything they can to get rid of JVR's contract to fill in and get bring up a bunch of the younger guys. The Rangers right now, as I see it, the East is so packed. They, they're going to be in the semi. I think they're going to be semifinals and out. It's either I really. Agree. If, right now, as I'm looking at it, it's Tampa because they're they're the back-to-back defending champs, and then you have maybe Florida, maybe Carolina, or like top three teams. Because right now in the West, it's just Colorado. They're just going out and murdering everyone. But then again, it's. NHL hockey, so anything else can happen, and it's crazy. Anything can happen, especially in the playoffs, man. Oh, that yeah. is that's for sure. I think the one thing that's holding me back, though, Ian, uh, as far as this Flyers rebuild, it's Chuck Fletcher. Um, right now, my trust for Chuck Fletcher is is pretty low, and what the Rangers did was genius. Can Chuck Fletcher do that? Because he really hasn't done <sighs> that so far as the Flyers GM. Yeah, and what he did with the Wild was build a solid team, but nothing, anything out of the ordinary. And you can't, I don't trust the owner, David Scott. He's the guy who, he's not it. I've said it before. I was talking with this Philly sports guy um, when we were down at the Flyers game, at Drew's last home game. We were mentioned, like, he's not it. He's not the guy who was just, like, has that energy to, I am going to, I have a dynasty set. I want to win this dynasty. I want to win the next five out of the ten Stanley Cups. I'm not sure what I'm. I'm just like, hey, I mean, we just make the playoffs. We look good, and then just like, uh, like I'm starting to feel like a bad owner vibe, and that's what I'm worried because I just had that worst case scenario is I still think this guy's interested in trying to buy out the rest of the teams in Philadelphia. I think he wants to, and that scares the crap out of me because when we have an owner with who owns all our teams who doesn't really care. And that is the worst case, case scenario. And that's the, well, oh, there's going to definitely be protests at the Comcast Center for it. You have hundreds of thousands of fans just protesting there daily for any type of sport. <laughs> that's true. That is true. That is true. And we're going to keep moving here. We're going to close out soon, but I appreciate you coming on in, man. Great insight from Ian Fitzmaier. Appreciate you coming on in. And, and, and look, the Dave Scott thing is legitimate. I, I personally don't trust him. I mean, when we're talking at the the midway point of the season, we were talking about how Dave Scott is pretty much giving an open checkbook to Chuck Fletcher to spend all the money he wants. We're seeing clearly that they're going through rebuild. And so I don't know what to think with this team coming in, into the offseason. Now, this past weekend, 
two games. You got to win and shoot out. You, you, you suffered a, to a hot, and I'm talking hot, Toronto Maple Leafs team. Um, and the Flyers had Maple Leafs, and they blew it. And and we saw Owen, uh, Owen McCowan get absolutely schooled by a former favorite here in Philadelphia, Wayne Simmons. If you guys did not watch that fight, do yourself that favor and make sure you guys check that out on YouTube because it was just masterclass from Wayne Simmons overall. But then on Sunday in the back-to-back, Flyers 3 nothing. Below the lead, the Rangers are coming like come back, tie it up. We set it to overtime, we set it to shootout, and then in that point, we won the game. Now, um, a couple points here with the Flyers I wanted to bring up. Um, the young players really have been stepping up. And there's some players that I makes me feel com- comfortable and confident heading into the future. And obviously, Joel Farabee leads all that. And I, I don't know how you watch Joel Farabee and don't think that this man does not deserve to see on the sweater. I think he's your captain right now i i think you have to give him the c going into next year to me he exemplifies the way i want the flyers to play going forward in the future the man has got confidence the man is a workhorse we philly sports fans love that blue collar mentality that is joel farabee ladies and gentlemen so i think that joel farabee is your next captain but besides that i mean owen tippett had a goal and it was a nice goal on Sunday against the Rangers where he has to step over, keep his balance, and as he's falling, he just wrists one, and it was a beautiful goal. And I think he's a part of this future. Uh, there's sometimes prospects go to places, and it's kind of like Markel Fultz where you guys remember Markel was here, was dealing with the injuries, but he was in a situation where the Sixers were ready to win, right? They, they were ready to go all in for an NBA Finals. Markel Fultz was still a young 19-year-old kid still trying to figure out not only life, but his body and trying to hone his basketball skills. And so he was forced into developing, and it didn't help. And maybe that was what happened with Owen. Owen was in a situation where Florida started getting good. They were ready to compete for a Stanley Cup, and Owen was just not ready for that. I mean, his AHL numbers were spectacular. Now, obviously, AHL and the NHL are different animals, but he's coming in here. There's no real expectations, and he's flourishing. I love Owen Tippett. I'm excited to see what he's got for us next year. Uh, but I even think Morgan Frost, he's really been coming on as of late. You're seeing the confidence. You're seeing the the, the, uh, the skills on his skates. Now he needs to score some goals, and that's important, especially when you are a center, and he's been the third-line center uh, for these past couple games. And so for Morgan Frost, it, it, continuing that development, and Cam York, you can add that as well. He had a goal. Uh, he had two goals this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. But he, his partnership with Ivan Provorov, beautiful to watch. Yeah, breath of fresh air. It's so funny because I didn't, I would have never thought that Cam York would be the player that can help Ivan Provorov finally be the Provy that we've been asking for. Right? It's always been like he Provy needs that guy that that second line pairing to unleash his skills. But at some point, you know, Provy. You're a good defender. You need to hold your own. You shouldn't have to rely on on your partner in your in your blue line. Uh, but you know Cam York and him somehow, some way, have been feeding off of each other. And I can't wait to see this this partnership for the future. It's just it's been it's been re- refreshing to watch. And this is what I've been telling you guys. Like, it sucks being bad. It sucks missing again. And I completely get all that. But seeing young kids flourish, giving me hope for the future. It is really, really great thing to watch as well. Now, speaking of the future, um, the Flyers did some questionable things for some of the fans this past weekend. 
Uh, if you did not see, Keith Yandel got scratched on Saturday. And so he will, his Ironman streak is over at 989 games. And he was 11 away from the thousand games. And a lot of Flyers fans had a lot of gripe and they were very, very upset about that. Uh, how can, how can he be so classless and not give Keith Yandel that the thousand games? Um, here's my, my, my point on this. I understand the sentiment around Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel's a great dude, an amazing human being. Right, like I would invite Keith Yandel to dinner, type of type. So I will grab a beer with Keith Yandel. But at the end of the day, we have to be real with ourselves, and this is what I keep telling you guys: What is the point of having Keith Yandel out there besides allowing him to get the Iron Man streak? I just don't understand how allowing Keith Yandel get the Iron Man streak. Hell, I don't understand how that helps the Flyers. I really don't. It's nice to watch for for some of the fans, yes, but I don't care about that bullshit. I want to win. And, I, and, and I'm not saying benching Keith Yandel helps if this team win now or the future, but this is an anal analyzing process. We are analyzing every single piece on this team. Heck, the Flyers are even analyzing whether the guy who's under the gritty mask is the right guy to do it. Obviously, I'm kidding, guys. But look, Ronnie Tard was able to get on the ice by benching Keith Yandel, and I would much rather see Ronnie Tard out on the ice. But Parcero, you still put out Connington and Sealer. Yeah, you know why? Because those guys have been busting their humps all season long. No, 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 they're not talented, and we know that. But what you are looking at is if possibly Nick Sealer and Pat Connaughton can be your sixth and seventh defenders next year. You you have to do that due diligence. Oh, but Parcero, they put Nate Thompson out there. Yeah, you got to do your due diligence to Nate Thompson. Nate Thompson did everything he possibly could to get back on the ice. He put his ass out there. So what are you going to show to the young kids? Oh, you work your ass off to get back on the ice. Now we're not going to play you. That's a completely different situation. So for Keith Yandel, thank you for what you've done this year for us. Heck, we allowed you to break the Ironman streak. But I, I, it's his time is done. He's cooked. Florida saw that. And Philadelphia's seeing that now. And, oh, by the way, Keith Yandel's going to play here tonight against the Blue Jackets. <laughs> so there you go, Flyers fans. You're going to be able to see your, your Keith Yandel tonight. So so I, I know he's not going to hit the, the iron streak, but, guys, he's going to be fine. It is going to be fine. But it's what it is. It's an interesting situation. Um, at the end of the day, Keith Yandel is not good anymore. Guys, he's a minus 35 plus minus. That's not good. That is not good whatsoever, but it is what it is, guys. What's up, Farzy Show? We got the Farzy Show in the building. Uh, I got MLB, the show, 2022. Awesome, man. That's what's up, brother. That's what's up, man. Welcome to the live indeed. Welcome to the live indeed. Uh, Flyers playoffs. Yeah, no, we got eliminated last week, my dude. Flyers were eliminated last week. Plus, we have to re-sign the massive amount of young players for the Flyers. That is very, very true. Uh, Owen Tip is one of one them who needs to resign. Yes, which I thought they, which I thought he was under contract, but um, he could very well not be under contract. It's very interesting. Now I'm trying to see here. Igor Zamula. I really would like to see Igor Zamula up here. I know he almost made the roster uh, this year, then he was battling injuries. Now let's see here. Do we have? No, of course we don't have. All right, I'll look that up and we'll we'll talk about that later. But um, now I'm curious to see what the plan is for Igor Zamula because I do think someone that could compete for one of those bottom two defensive pairings 
uh, next season. But I, I do really enjoy and I really want to see some more of Igor Zamula as well. Thank you, Luke. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. We're going to we're gonna close out as well. We got our last segment here to discuss, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that is the hottest team in Philadelphia. And I don't understand why I don't get more talk than they should because we have an elite squad in Philadelphia. And that's the Philadelphia Union. Yes, the Philadelphia Union. They just came off their fourth straight win this past Saturday against Charlotte FC, the expansion side. Now, the scoreline wasn't indicative of what happened. I, I, to me, this, the Union just absolutely dominated the game. And they only won two to nothing. Yeah, that only nothing. Um, but it was an absolute dominating show for them. Um, it was interesting because to start off this match, Charlotte was trying to force the Union to hold possession. And we all know the Union do not like to play with the ball at their feet. They would rather you dictate the play, the pace of the game and, and, and just force you into tough spots and take the ball away. And usually when the Union are winning, they're, they don't have a lot of possession. And that's just kind of the beauty of it. We 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 saw Matt Dole talk about um, the space eaters, how they like to dominate space, not the ball, and that's kind of the 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 mindset of the union. And so Charlotte was trying to force the union to hold possession, but then Charlotte forgot that Kai Wagner is literally like uh, like Pat Mahomes back there, and he drops this beautiful dime, long, long ball dime that uh, was able to find uh, Sergio Santos. And Santos was able to cross it in and find Julian Carranza on a one-on-one with Fuchs. And Julian Carranza just absolutely dominated using his strength and his size and puts the ball away to get the Union up one and nothing. four minutes into this game. Four minutes into this game and the Union speed and just the ability of guys being able to link up play from that, that deep, it is truly remarkable. Um, the second goal for the Union was pretty much given to the given to them. Um, Aileen literally at union with with a high high press in their own in charlotte's final third here they take the ball away from Kalini and daniel gazdak was able to put that ball away and the union up two nothing 46 minutes into this game and that's really all that she wrote uh union did not get any more goals and they would want winning two nothing here in this game but the defense gave charlotte fit all game long charlotte had possession they really didn't do anything to kind of scare us. And the most imp impressive part of this, Swiderski of Charlotte, we've heard everything going into this match. He's 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 having a fantastic year. How is, how is Philly going to stop him? We shut his ass down. Between Gazdak, Martinez, um, really those two really did a great job of shutting down Swiderski. He got frustrated, and he really was not much that he could do on the the, the easy runs that he was able to get the long shots. He he was not. He was he wasn't even given an inch in this game, and the and the Union did a great job and, and proved themselves yet again of why they are one of the best teams and one of the teams you cannot fuck with this year. By the way, we saw Michael Owa for 24 minutes in this game. You we see the pace. We continue to see the pace. We saw the pace yet again in this match. Um, is the question is is he the missing piece? Is he the missing piece to this Union attack? We've seen some good in short glimpses from Michael Ua. Jun Carranza, to me, has been the steal of the MLS all season. When you're talking about the fact that Miami essentially gave traded him, and for one season, you didn't have essentially a trial run with Michael Ua, and he's, I'm sorry, with Julian Carranza, and he already has a goal, two assists. His work rate is spectacular. And I cannot wait to see him and Uwa running together. 
at the at as those forwards. It's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And I and I don't think the Union, although they look like an elite team, I don't think they have reached their full potential. And that is the crazy part about this as well, ladies and gentlemen, that they have not reached that full potential. And so we'll see what can, what will what that will look like. Now, obviously, a tough matchup this upcoming weekend against Charlotte, which your boy will be in attendance for. Um, but this Union attack still needs to find its way because, like a match like Saturday, where I feel as if that they dominated this. We're talking um, nine shots on goal, six on target. Well, Charlotte had ten on on goal, one on target. You should beat this team by four goals. It should have been a four nothing. But I don't think the attack is firing on all cylinders just yet. And once that happens, this team is going to be unstoppable because his defense is is truly remarkable. Now, the best attack we've seen this year was NYCFC, and they were coming off CCL. So I want to see these guys against lethal, lethal attacks. Now, Columbus is pretty solid, and we'll see if Lucas Alarion comes out in full force. But this team needs a test. And I cannot wait to see what that looks like. But this team is rolling right now. They are the best team in Philadelphia. And with all the excitement surrounding the, the Sixers and the Phillies, the Union are just saying, hey, it's fine. You guys can watch them. We'll just be the best team. We'll be the best team here in Chester. So as easy as that. All right, guys. That, all right, guys. It's going to do it for today's Oyen Philly Sports. I appreciate everyone coming on in and hanging out. It's been a couple of days, and I appreciate everyone coming in and showing some love. We'll be back at it tonight, guys. As soon as the Sixers game is over, we'll be going on live to recap it. So make sure you guys stay tuned. If you haven't already, make sure you guys are subscribed and stay tuned for that as well. 7 o'clock tip-off, Sixers versus Pacers. We'll be here after the game. Make sure you guys hit that like button. If you enjoy the content, make sure you guys subscribe to, to join the family. And, of course, make sure you guys subscribe to Oyen Philly Sports where every stream podcast we're available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by name El Parcero Philly, and I'm telling you guys, go Philly sports. Talk to you guys tonight. <laughs>